The Spurs take on the Magic tonight, and we're going to play a game of what if. You are Locked On Spurs, your daily San Antonio Spurs podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to Lockdown Spurs, right here on the Lockdown NBA Network. I'm your host, Jeff Garcia, Spurs writer for Ken's 5 San Antonio. Glad to have you back. This episode is brought to you by Ibotta. Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items, from produce to personal care to pantry goods. Right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 just for trying Ibotta by using code LOCKED when you register. Go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app. Welcome back once again, and uh, yeah, glad to have you back. Hopefully, everybody's having a good start to their work week. What are we talking about today? We're going to be looking at tonight's matchup, Spurs Magic, and then play a game of what if. We saw, at least for one game versus the Denver Nuggets, the Spurs at full power, and they beat Denver. We're going to play a game of what if, yeah, and ask what if the Spurs were at full strength for the majority of this season. Let's go ahead and bring in our guest. He is the man, the myth, the legend, the only man who can take on Ultron. He is Rudy Campos of Sweep the League. Welcome back, Rudy. Man, thank you, Jeff. Thanks for having me. It's going to be a fun one. I'm thinking about what if, and remember the what if series? That was yeah, the was wa- The Watcher yeah. is upon us. <laughs> The Watcher. By the way, have you seen uh, Moon Girl yet? Uh, the Beyonder makes his MCU um, debut. I haven't seen it, but it's actually I'm going to actually catch it this week. As a matter of fact, you know, so I have a little bit of time this week, so I'm going to watch it. Yeah, it, it's very reminiscent of the '90s style cartoon Spider Verse, Miles Morales, and just fun. It's just a fun fun show but anyway before we get off on our nerd tangent make sure to follow rudy on twitter at sweep the league he'll be bragging about his show much later on the show but rudy spurs gotta handle business season's not over they take on the magic tonight the spurs are coming off a uh loss uh recently uh, to the thunder at home they're in a six game home stand so there's a chance they could uh, the spurs could get a w tonight but the magic come in 28 and 40 13th in the east i look at these two teams and is it safe to say rudy that the magic is kind of sort of a blueprint what the spurs got to do in a rebuild 100 percent. they're one of the teams that you know when you and i've talked in the past the spurs would really try to want to rebuild like uh, their starting five essentially is a very young, very good starting five. I mean, you got guys like Paolo Boncaro out of Duke, right. and you know, you're making me say that guy's name, uh, but giving him respect, 20 points a game, number one <laughs> pick. Uh, but the one guy that I really, really like and when Spurs fans should really take notice of, is, like I mentioned before, is Markel Fultz. I mean, the guy came into the league, number one pick for Philadelphia, struggled, very bad shooting. He forgot he how to basically shoot his jumper. He had to retrain himself how to shoot. Now he's shooting 50% from the field, 30% from the three-point line. Big promise because everybody talking about Jeremy Sohan struggling from the field and struggling from his three-point range. It's possible. A guy can develop a jumper, and Markel Fultz mm-hmm. is definitely one that can prove that. So, yeah, this Magic team is going to be one of the blueprints that Spurs fans should look at and be excited for if Spurs can build like uh, Orlando has. You said a very key word right now. That is a number one pick. That's what the Magic had with Paolo. Mm. And now look at them. You know, before Paolo, they were middling teams, struggling, you know, just towards the bottom of the barrel in the East. You get a number Mm. one pick and things change. You know, he's he's likely going to win the Rookie of the Year. 
you know, he's winning multiple Rookie of the Year Month awards. You, you, we get it. But that's why getting the number one pick this year, or at least close to it, you know, three worst-case scenario, has to happen for San Antonio, correct? Yeah, you've got to have an impact player. And, you know, I've, I've said, you know, many times that I'm not too high on uh, this draft right here coming up, and a lot of people are for Wemby and, you know, Scoot and all that. But, you know, it, it's going to take more than the number one pick for the San Antonio Spurs to even be, I would say, playoff contenders right now. It, it's not like Wemby's going to come in here and lead the Spurs to, you know, 55, 60 wins his first year. It's not mm-hmm. that type of uh, that type of movement. Uh, you've got guys like Robinson when he came in. Uh, you, I see a lot of people talking about it. The way Robinson came in, they had to change. But yeah, but they also had Sean Elliott. They had other guys there yeah. that you know were going to be contributing. The Spurs team doesn't exactly have those vets. When Tim Duncan came in, he had an injured Robinson coming off of a uh, tear, yep. uh, an injury. So you had David Robinson. You had a lot of guys around Tim Duncan. You're surrounding Wimby or whoever with younger talent that's still developing. So it's not going to be an instant impact like Paolo Boncaro's having on Orlando. And even, you know, it's not really a 28 wins. It's not a big impact. But you can see where the the path is for the Orlando Magic now. We don't really have that for the San Antonio Spurs right. yet. Yeah, the, the Magic's rebuild is shortened. You know, it's not as mm-hmm. drawn out. You know, with Paolo, you shorten that. And, you know, you expect them to make a, a somewhat of leaps next season. Now, the the Spurs want to get a W. I know Team Tank doesn't want that to happen. But if the Spurs want that to happen, well, there might be a little luck on their side. Uh, the Magic are 1-3 in three in their last four games. So they haven't been world beaters of late. So there's mm-hmm. that. And the Magic coming off a win over Miami, 126-114. to And look at some of the uh, numbers for the Magic. You know, they're, they're not hitting their free throws in the last seven games. They have a lower free throw percentage than their opponent. Uh but you can see their defense kind of ratchet up a little bit in the last few games. Four straight games with more steals, three straight games with more offensive rebounds, like a chance points right there. And they're starting to hit the ball, three ball a little bit more, two straight games of hitting three shots or more over their uh, opponent. This is a tricky game. I think the Spurs, if there's going to be a, a game the Spurs could possibly get as far as the W column has to be tonight, uh, Rudy. Yeah, this is one of the very few games that I've picked with you that I'm going to take them to win that game. Uh, it, the Orlando Magic are struggling. The Spurs have been struggling. Uh, it's gonna. It's actually a good game for fans to go out to. Go out to. I mean, it's going to be a really good game of young players. It's, right. It's just going to be one of those fun games to watch. So, I expect to really see some high scoring in this. I expect to see a lot of back and forth. But at the end, I expect San Antonio Spurs to actually come out with a victory on this. Uh, get on that little one game winning streak that we're going to see. Through four games in March, the Spurs are averaging a mere 114.5 points per game. Now, I know it's a very small sample size for March, but they have been having their offensive struggles. Last month, February, they averaged 110 points per game. Mm -hmm. Before that, in January, 114. So, yeah, offense has been weird, but that has a lot to do with the injuries. You know, you know Keldon in the game versus Oklahoma, no – Sohan, you know, you, they, they've been just having their power players in and out in the last few games over the last two months. So hopefully the offense can get going. I, I got, I got the Spurs getting the L tonight. What about you? I'm giving them the win. I'm giving them the W, and it's kind of weird because I've never really picked them to win <laughs> since we and I have <laughs> talked all season. Uh, but I'm giving them the rare W against Orlando. I, I just think it's going to be a 
an at home game. It's in San Antonio, obviously. So uh, I think the Spurs come come away with the victory. I, I really think they're going to be kind of at full strength, and that's kind of why I'm giving mm-hmm. them that W. Yeah, well, hopefully uh, Team Tank doesn't hear this. They might be uh, flipping their tables right now. <laughs> I think the Spurs, they're like, they're still hanging on to one of the three worst, right? Let's just check that out. Yeah, they're, they're bottom three. They're the third worst team. Charlotte hasn't made a push. I mean, they, well, push uh, a weird push to get into the uh, top three worst. Uh, well, the the Hornets, as of this recording, they're a uh, two-game losing streak. So they're that the tank begin for them. And Detroit, Detroit, according to Tankathon, has overtaken the Rockets for the number one pick, according mm-hmm. to their simulation. Detroit now has the best odds at getting that number one. But again, everybody, it's you only have to be the top three worst teams to have an equal shot at getting number one which is at 14%. But when we get back, we're going to play a game of what if. We're going to enter the multiverse right here on Lockdown Spurs and ask, what if the Spurs were at full power throughout the season? And then we're going to ask a very big question uh, for Rudy Campos towards the end of this show. Make sure to follow him on Twitter at uh, Sweep the League. But I want to talk to you about Ibotta. Look, groceries, school school supply shopping, and getting – a little something for yourself, you know you're already doing it, so why not just get cash back for it with Ibotta? Watch your closet grow after purchasing all of this season's latest trends, and you can even watch your cash back grow with each purchase with Ibotta. You can earn cash back on every shopping trip. Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care to pantry goods. Either link your loyalty account or upload your receipt after you shop and you get yourself cash back. Very easy. The average Ibotta user earns about $120 a year in real cash back. That could cover costs of an entire shopping trip or use your cash back to buy that flight you've been eyeing or, you know, the game you're trying to go to or that dinner you've been craving. The typical basket of groceries was over 50 bucks more expensive at the end of 2022 than the beginning of the year due to inflation. You could earn two and a half times that in cash back from Ibotta or even more depending on how much you use Ibotta. You can earn cash back on hundreds of online shopping brands and retailers, too, when you start with Ibotta. It includes Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora, Best Buy, and much, much more. Ibotta gives you real cash back, not points. Right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 just for trying Ibotta by using the code LOCKED when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app and use code LOCKED. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or Apple Store and use code LOCKED. We're back right here on Lockdown Spurs with Rudy Campos of Sweep the League. And I'm feeling confident about entering the multiverse because I know you got my back shit, uh, Ultron, you know, try to start a ruckus. Mm-hmm. Like he did oh, in yeah. the What If series. Oh yeah, I I can definitely cause a little bit of trouble like Ultron did every now and then. By the way, why 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 can I see you handling business the way he did versus Thanos in that series? <laughs> I don't know, man. I you know I just I'm just that guy. I'm just that guy. Everybody loves, well, but everybody fears. <laughs> All right. Well, it's going to enter the multiverse right here on Locked On Spurs and ask, what if the Spurs were at full power? Now, we got a glimpse of that, Rudy versus Denver. They're at mm-hmm. full power. 
everybody was playing. The IR sheet was pretty much empty. Just, you know, a couple of players going to Austin G League. Everybody was available. And it was sure, maybe Denver, you know, saw the Spurs in the schedule and whatever. But the point is, at full strength, there seemed to be something there. We saw defense. We saw a lot of offense. Uh, we saw Trey Jones leading the charge. We saw contributions. So let's just say what if the Spurs team stayed the same? Pirtle's still in uniform. Now he owes him in trade. Josh Richardson is still here. You know, mm-hmm. Vassell didn't have his surgery. Do you think this team, we know obviously they'll probably be a lot better than their record right now, but mm-hmm. could this team have challenged for maybe a play-in spot? Playing spot, yes. I would say just by watching what's happening in the West, I would say a playing spot is probably the the ceiling for the Spurs team. Mm-hmm. Um, if they all stayed healthy and Pirtle was here, yeah, I would say that the playing spot was probably reachable. Would it have happened? I don't know. I still probably would peg them around the 27, 28 games uh, for total mm-hmm. wins. Ultimately, you know, a lot of it is talent. And the one thing that I question the most is what we're seeing right now. You're starting to see Keldon struggle a lot more towards the end mm-hmm. of the season. So oh, the yeah. consistency is where I would wonder if, if they were consistent like they were in the beginning of the season, then, yeah, I think a playing spot would definitely have been achievable. That would probably have been their best, their highest uh, ceiling. But it's just a consistency part because they're not being consistent towards the end of the year. I didn't think they. I don't think they would have had a chance at a playing spot. They should be right around maybe twenty-seven, like I said, twenty-eight wins. So putting them a little bit below, but I, I think probably the plan is the ceiling that I would have given them had they been healthy and had you know things would have stayed the same. See, see, I think you're right. I think playing probably is their ceiling, but I would give it a high play-in seed because you look at teams that are struggling, the Lakers, you know, mm-hmm. struggling. You know, you had the Warriors, at least for the most part, you know, struggling. Now they seemingly starting to get going. Uh, the Clippers also too floundered, but now they're starting to get going. You know, believe it or not, Kawhi's back. He's healthy and he's been playing like gangbusters. Um, yeah. But I, I think the, the winning would have fed into their confidence. I think at times you saw their confidence take a hit during these losing streaks. And remember, mm-hmm. they started out the gates pretty well. Then they go five and two to start the season, beating teams mm-hmm. like the Bucks, beating teams like the Sixers. And remember that whole thing to start the season, Rudy? We're so competitive. We're not going to die. You know, we heard Devin Vassell say, you know, tanking. What's this? We're hooping. You know, so, and I, you, yeah. you, you felt their confidence take a hit. I think the Spurs team could have been in the play in. And I think they would have been one of those teams where you don't sleep on. Like if you're a playing an opponent, like you wouldn't sleep on them. Like if if they want to say New Orleans, New Orleans gets the play in. Mm-hmm. I could have seen that. I could have seen the Spurs beat New Orleans. You know, considering Zion has been out and now Bi has been out. What are your thoughts? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of teams that you know the Spurs could have crept up on and actually beaten. I mean, New Orleans is one of them. The Lakers is another one. They they've been in you know shambles pretty much all season long yeah then you've got teams like you said the clippers with Kawhi being back and a lot healthier now i mean i i know san antonio has a thing against Kawhi, but you know you've got to if you if you're an nba guy you got to sit back and understand admit that he's probably the best player in the game when healthy 
uh, period. So, I mean, they're going, they're getting going. Golden State's kind of been in that disarray type thing too as well. So mm-hmm. it's kind of, like, uh, you know, they could have crept up on a lot of these teams. The West is not, uh, it's not as competitive as it used to be. I mean, Denver's mm-hmm. probably the better team. Sacramento's a very close second now. So they can easily have made that playing spot, uh, like I said, at a full strength at a healthy Spurs team. But I don't know, like, if as far as playoff positioning, I would say probably not because a lot of these teams that are struggling are more talented than the current Spurs roster. So mm-hmm. that's where it'll say, and you're saying, no, okay, well, when it actually counts and it makes a difference, you're going to have guys like LeBron and Steph and all them that are on yeah. the lower end teams mm-hmm. step up and get that W because they know yeah, what's at stake. Exactly. They have that experience that the Spurs don't have right now. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe Josh Richardson a little bit if he had stayed on, you know, could have maybe just guided them, but I don't think he would have been enough to no. push the team over the edge. But it would be it would have been great to see this team at full power. For the most part, we never got to see that. I mean, mm-hmm. a little bit at the start of the season, the wheels came off, the trades were made, you know, Vassell has the surgery, Kelton is out, and then yeah, Sohan was out for a while. Uh, you had Blake Wesley, you, you know, he got hurt. He got stashed in the G League. You know, it was mm-hmm. hard for him to come back. And you had so many roster changes from Bassey being added to then Devontae Graham being brought in. There's just been so much change, and there really hasn't been any stability throughout the season. What about just stability? Let's, all right, let's get out of the multiverse now. We're exiting the mm-hmm. multiverse. But just overall, the this team hasn't really been stable this season, Rudy. No, they haven't. And, you know, I think one of their best additions is Devontae Graham. I mean, it, it helps a whole lot, as you can see by his play. But stability part, I mean, you've got guys in and out of the lineup. You've had Devin who was out for a lot of the season. Uh, like you said, trades being made, you know, other acquisitions and transactions just being, you know, consistently moving. When you see that uh, as a team, especially if you're on the team like Keldon Johnson, these guys, it kind of is disheartening because you're, just getting acclimated with everybody you're you're getting you know a feel for everybody's game and then their rosters changed again or you have this guy going down the g league and you're like wait a minute we were actually kind of working together and it was going good now he's going back to the g league or he's getting traded or he's getting cut so it's it's frustrating for a young guy but hopefully you know where i look at it is hopefully the coaching staff is guiding them saying you know what Remember, this is a business first. This not, you know, entertainment and basketball. This is a business first. We have to make what's best decision for the team. So you're going to get a lot of this kind of stuff. And hopefully right. they're able to talk to them and mentally prepare them for a lot of this. And also, it comes down to this, man. You know, I, I see a lot of Spurs fans on Spurs Twitter and everything, you know, constantly, Kelly's not the guy. Guess that, that, that. This was expected. This entire season was expected. No one was trying to sugarcoat it. If someone was trying to sugarcoat it, they were completely wrong. You were going to see struggles. You were going to see guys, you know, really having bad games, having a bad streak. You were going to see 20 wins only, if possible, if even 20 wins. So, I mean, it's just a lot of mental stuff for the young guys that they've got to get over, and I'm sure a lot of them are on social media seeing it. So, hopefully the coaching staff does a really good job just taking care of them. Well, we're going to have to enter it back into the multiverse right now. So get your pin particles ready, uh, Rudy. Got but got them good. Let's go back. Now, uh, we'll end off with this question, and you'll get your answer. Then we go into the next segment. But since we're back in the multiverse, how big of a difference if Chip England is still on board? B. 
I would say win wise, maybe a couple more wins because you see the improvement uh, of a guy like Jeremy Sohan, and I think Keldon maybe develops a little bit more of an offensive yeah. game, you know, where it's more consistent. Uh, but where I think it really helps a lot more is a guy like Zach Collins, who can shoot the ball, but his consistency is yeah. really bad. So I think Chip does make a big difference at the end. All right. We're talking with Rudy Campos right here on Lockdown Spurs. We are in the multiverse and asking what if the Spurs were at full power throughout the season? No trades made. Everybody stayed the same. And now we're going to ask a very, very big question in the multiverse regarding one former silver and black player right here on Lockdown Spurs with Rudy Campos. But before we do that, I want to talk about FanDuel. Look, we're way past the midway point of the NBA season, but it's still the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book. New customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app, safe, secure, super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores to three strain. You can even make uh, more exclusive bets like two times three, two three-pointers scored in the first three minutes. Yeah, you have a lot of fun on FanDuel. FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with same-game parlay. So don't miss your chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. We're back right here on Lockdown Spurs. You are in the multiverse with me and Rudy Campos. We're asking what if the Spurs were at full power this season. Everybody remained healthy. No trades were made. And the big one, what if Josh Primo is still a Spur? That whole drama never happened. He was seen as the next, quote-unquote, the Spurs bought into him. They built around. They drafted him super early uh, at number what eleven, Rudy, and yeah, it looked like his progress was was going to be sky high. Like he his his ceiling was through the roof. What if Josh Primo is still a spur? Does he add any W's to the win column? And what do you think he might have looked like right now as a professional player? Uh, w wise, I'm I'm gonna stick to my guns when I said earlier, way earlier thing, and it's not it's not gonna add very many W's to it. The Spurs were gonna be the Spurs team, uh, regardless who was playing. You know, if everything stayed the same, so like I said, you're probably looking at 25 minutes, maybe 26, possibly. Um, his development was pretty good. Uh, I, I saw that you know the development was going to the right path for Primo. But again, I, I don't think he would have been, he wouldn't have overcome, you know, probably like Devin Vassell being the true leader on the team. He mm-hmm. probably would have been maybe around the 15 point per game mark, I think, uh, 14, 15 point game per mark, uh, because he would have been playing a position that is very tough to learn in basketball period, and that's the point guard position. And he's got to be able to be able to, you know, get his teammates involved, able to get his shot. He was a scorer. You got to remember, Josh Rimmer was a scorer. So to transition to getting your teammates involved first and not being that scoring point guard is very difficult because you got guys like Keldon and Devin, you know, even Jakob at the time would have been difficult. It's like, well, wait a minute, you know, we're not getting touch. We're not getting this. I have to do this. Mm -hmm. We have to do that. So it's a very hard thing to learn the point guard position. But as far as Primo goes, I think he would have been around 15 points per game. Development would have been good. But 
I still didn't see a whole lot from him to tell me that he was going to take that next step up. Yeah, I, I think this still would have been another development year. I think he would have maybe not taken a big leap. I think he would have taken a nice little skip in his uh, development. You're right. I think I, I pegged him to a, around the double figure scoring, but a little lower than that. I pegged him around like 12 per game. Yeah. Uh, I, I think, man, I think if anything, he probably would have made the Spurs brass smile even bigger, knowing they have a big piece moving forward in the rebuild. I think it would have went that way. Like, well, wait till year three or, or the next year for him. I think it really would have brought some smiles to them. You know, I got a question for you about the Primo thing. And I, and it makes me wonder because I would like the fans to even chime in on this as well. But didn't the Spurs drafting Blake Wesley? Do you think they had an idea something was going on with Primo ahead of time? Because Wesley was kind of coming to bring in, I guess, to be a point guard. And I looked back at the Primo thing and thought that Blake Wesley pick was kind of a okay. I, I get it, but I don't get it type thing. And they kind of panicked and grabbed a guy that could run the point in case something with Primo was going on? Yeah, that's a good question because who's on board? You had Primo at that time. You had Trey, Trey Jones. Jones and Wesley, you know, who just drafted. And I don't know if I, I think that was it. Um, yeah, there was no point guards. So I don't know. I think I, I see where you're coming from. I, I took. Primo more of a combo player. Like he can play the one, he can play the two, maybe push mm-hmm. it to the three, maybe. I mean, that's stretching it. Um, I don't know. Blake Wesley seems to be more undersized and mm-hmm. not as the height wise. I don't think he's t- as tall as Primo. But no, I'm not going to go there. I think they just saw best available. When they grab Wesley, in my opinion, I mean, who was at? I mean, you got to look at the uh, last year's draft, but I don't know who was at the spot where Wesley was picked. If there was a big or or, or four, but I see what you're saying, but I, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to go there quite yet. It'd be interesting though to hear what the fans have to say. But as far as Primo is concerned, ooh, I think it gets you three wins. Just his uh, his production gets you three more wins this season. So. About yeah, three, I would say so. Yeah, like he's he'll so likely gonna have those those young mo- young player moments where he turns the ball over, shoots you know horribly. I mean, look at Blake Wesley; he had a bad shooting night recently, horrible, mm-hmm. and um, sent down to the G League. But then they recalled him. But yeah, it would have been interesting to see how things would have played out if this team was at full power, no trades made, and Primo stayed on board. And this is nothing towards Primo when I say this. Like, I, this is way before he even, you know, got busted or whatever, all that crap happened. Yeah. But he's, I think he would have been in Pop's doghouse a lot this season. I think but that I think, was I think, learning yeah, curve. Yeah, but I think that would have been that tough love, like that very similar to what exactly. he did with Tony Parker. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Like the Parker type thing. He would have been in trouble a lot with Pop as far as Pop's doghouse, but in a good way, in a good way, just like really on his ass about stuff. So I think that would have been the year for Primo. Yeah, I think his year, quote unquote, would have been next season. I think you still forgive him for this year because this is the year that everybody was going to get their touches from Devin to KJ to Primo. Everybody was finally going to be thrusted in the spotlight. And Mm -hmm. 
you know, so you forgive this year and then next year. But yeah, you're right. I think Pop would have really put him in the doghouse a lot. One mistake, he probably would have been yanked. You maybe you maybe softer, tender Pop gives you two mistakes and you're out. But yeah, this year is big. This year is big. Talent wise, this year is big. I, a lot of a lot of people may not realize, but I think going into this off season, this is the year where they assess they. Uh, basically assess the entire situation. I think going into this off season, they're looking at everywhere from Devin to the guys in the G League and saying, okay, who can make us better? And if it's not this guy, we need to move him. We not this guy. They've got so much cap space. This is the year that I think the off season that you get the top, you get a top pick and you've got so much money. I think this is where you start to see that rebuild happen. And I think everybody's everybody's on the table right now. So I think this is that year, like I said, this offseason where everybody's just like, okay, without even knowing what Pop's doing too, because you may have to figure that part into it. But mm-hmm. essentially, if Pop is done after this season, this is when Brian Wright and everybody puts everybody on the table, like you know, like Nick Fury does with all the Avengers, says who's going to be here for the yeah. next team. And I think that's what happens this season, especially if Pop leaves. You're right, yeah, and and Pop is very uh, open and honest about that. That they're evaluating talent move for moving forward in the franchise's rebuild. So, mm-hmm. yeah, everybody's on notice right now. I wouldn't go there yet to say that they would shop. Sohan, I know the last time you were on, you said that in your eyes that he's still available, like not untouchable. But mm-hmm. I'm I'm I, you know, don't have to bowl me over, you know, to mo- to move Sohan. Yeah, really they're not gonna move. Just him. Move they're not gonna yeah. move him. He he's too but, early. I'm you know, but if Keldon is a big one. Oh right, I mean, right. He yeah. can he can make a he can make a contending team that much better. But I don't see them moving anybody like Keldon, Devin, or Jeremy. I don't see them moving that at all. But mm-hmm. again, I mean, you've gotta understand too, if a coach comes in and feels like his his game is different compared to what Keldon can bring or what Devin can bring you've got to kind of cater to that coach as well. So mm-hmm. it, it's kind of a big mess, but it's a good mess to have. So much money Absolutely. available, a top draft pick possibly coming, all that stuff. So, yeah, it's a good mess to have. Absolutely. Hey, we're going to exit now the multiverse right here on Locked On Spurs and uh, let Rudy now brag about his show, Sweep the League. By the way, I heard in, this, in Multiverse uh, 3 that you're actually um, – on ESPN and everything and all that stuff. So you might want to get back into the multiverse <laughs> and use your pin particles and go back to that one. But no, what's going on with Sweep? Yeah, I mean, Sweep, like I said, we drop episodes every single week. Uh, we're kind of doing a little sports, but we've been doing a lot of San Antonio nostalgia lately. So uh, I believe this week we're talking about shopping. So be prepared for the uh, the Handy Andy and oh, the, man, uh, yeah. the Woolworths and the Winds and, you know, all these places. Yeah, and we actually I had a mention that was kind of cool. Uh, people wanted to talk about Foley's. You remember Foley's? I remember Foley's. Yep, and North Star Jesus. Mall. Everybody was going to that one. Yeah. Yeah. Then, so yeah, we're gonna definitely talk about all that coming up here pretty soon. Remember, it was a big deal on the South Side when they came to South Park Mall. Everybody was like, "Whoa, South Side got a Foley's. What's going on here?" Because remember, it was like always at North Star Mall. Yeah, and that's where the location was, and then they moved. Well, a branch moved to South Park Mall. And the South Side went crazy. I am from the South Side, so I can I remember that day. I remember the people were coming at me when I mentioned this. Uh, we were talking in a group chat, and 
they couldn't believe that everybody had a Montgomery Ward's credit card. If you were somebody or anybody that was breathing, everybody had a Montgomery Ward credit card. Like, holy cow, I forgot about that place. I, I was too young to have a uh, credit card for from there, but I, I think my parents did. Because yeah. I remember going to the Montgomery Ward at, at McCreelis Mall. I remember going there, and I still can hear it. I can still smell it. I can yes. still see it in my mind's eye. I can still I can still feel it, like touch it. I know exactly where the where the action figure section was in Montgomery Ward. I know exactly <laughs> where the uh, applying section was. I can I can still feel the old old school Macrila Small. But any uh, old school uh, Spurs players you got for us? You know, I I I'll go. You know, I want to go like more into not old school, old school. But I give a shout out to a guy, and he's a former coach of mine, basketball coach, and he was a former Spur. That's Keith Edmondson. Didn't get much a whole lot of playing time in San Antonio, but he basically uh, he made me ride the pine in eighth grade for whatever reason. I'll never understand why. But giving a shout out to former Spur Keith Edmondson, and also Mark Oberdeen. I I. I actually saw some article on him recently, and I thought, holy cow, I forgot about Overdeen, of all guys there. So, yeah, shout out to those two guys, former Spurs from way back then. I'm pretty sure Bobby will don't remember Keith Edmondson, but I do because he made my eighth grade year living hell in basketball. What'd you do, Rudy? Um, okay, so I'm going to give you a lockdown exclusive before we go then. I, uh, I think he, I was playing the season. I played really good as we were at St. Gregory's. And then all of a sudden I made a comment because I got, I think I got like a little bit of playing time and a buddy of mine asked me, why do you think coach didn't play you? I said, well, he's probably getting back at me because he rode the pine in San Antonio, Denver, and Atlanta. My friend ended up telling coach Edmondson and I probably saw the floor maybe like 20 minutes the entire season after that. Well, that'll do it. That'll do it. My big mouth. My big mouth tends to get me in trouble with a lot of people sometimes. Well, let's let you go then. Let's hit the eject button before you do that again. (laughs) Uh, We thank you for making Lockdown Spurs your first listen each and every day, free and available wherever you get podcasts. And for a second listen, check out Locked On Game to Game, every stat, every moment, everything you need to hear from the NBA hardwood. Locked on game to game NBA is what you got to hear. Check out check it out on Odyssey, YouTube, and wherever you get your favorite podcast. Just like Locked On Spurs, YouTube, Odyssey, iTunes, the Ken's Five Plus app, and so much more. So for Rudy Campos, I am Jeff Garcia. We're putting a lock on this episode of Locked On Spurs. <laughs> Thank you.